0: Now when talking about the prosperity gospel, the so called prosperity gospel, I think there are several issues that need to be uh, discussed before we even get off the ground with this topic. First of all we have to ask what do we mean by prosperity uh, when we talk about the so called prosperity gospel. It means different things to different people. Uh, somebody living in abject poverty, if they're asking for prosperity through the gospel, their understanding of that might simply be nothing more than what we enjoy in middle class America. Uh, and it can be very hypocritical for me, uh, belonging to a wealthy country and living a lifestyle that for most of the globe, most of the globe would be considered wealthy. Criticizing people in the global south who live in abject poverty for wanting prosperity, <laughs> when When in reality, my lifestyle by their standards is prosperous and here I am enjoying that and saying, well, you know, they shouldn't be seeking prosperity. You know, I don't. Uh, There's something profoundly hypocritical about that. So what we mean by prosperity, I think, is the first issue that has to come up and that's contextually determined and it means different things to different people. So I think it's less offensive in some contexts than it would be in others. I mean, somebody wanting prosperity from a position of abject poverty might just want a humane space to live in. And somebody wanting prosperity in Newport Beach is looking for that third or fourth Mercedes Benz. Now we're talking about something completely different. So what you mean by prosperity when talking about the so-called prosperity gospel is, I think, a crucial issue to get the conversation going in the right direction. The second issue, I think, is what we mean by gospel. Uh, When we say prosperity gospel, what are we saying? Are we saying that the gospel is all about material prosperity? If that's what we're saying, then something's drastically wrong with that. I mean, clearly Jesus said, you know, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And if you turn that upside down, or not upside down, if you look at the flip side of that, what he's saying is living by bread alone is not life at all, but a living death, uh, death by bread alone. So you can't live by bread alone. If you try to, it's a living death. So clearly you can't talk about the gospel solely as the means by which I gain material prosperity. If you're doing that, that's not, that's not a gospel at all. So what do you mean by prosperity gospel? If you mean by that, That the good news of Jesus Christ not only is for uh, reconciling me to God and putting me in the direction of God's mission, but it also brings, holistically speaking, shalom, prosperity of life and well-being as I engage in the fulfillment of God's will for the world. That can be, I think, something that is very biblical. In fact, in the Old Testament, you do find salvation spoken of as shalom, as well-being, as prosperity of soul and life as we give of ourselves for the purposes of God. Um, And I think even in the ecumenical movement, this has become important. Uh, You can find, for example, in a number of World Council documents, this material dimension to salvation lifted up as something that is important when confronting poverty or sickness in the world, that the good news does imply wholeness and well-being in these areas of human suffering. So I do think that um, the gospel is profoundly material social in its implication. So if what you mean by prosperity gospel is this more nuanced understanding that I just shared, then uh, perhaps the term can have some currency. So there's a lot of important issues to discuss. Now, let's get down to the specific movement. We all know that there have been preachers within the Pentecostal movement who have lifted up word of faith and prosperity as uh, prominent themes. Um, And uh, in in some cases, at least, this has not been done in ways that are very theologically um, aware. Uh, that would not make the kinds of nuances that I just referred to in my conversation so far. And that at times it can appear to be very crass, very one-sided, where you get, um, I forget which preacher used to say this, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Um, Here's the technology for wealth. Uh, One book I read, Your Key to God's Bank, Um, things of this nature. Uh, One preacher said the cross is a plus sign. Um, So in accepting the cross, we accept uh, positive thinking and the attainment of wealth and so on. And you look at these different kinds of statements and you realize very quickly uh, that this is a distortion of the Christian faith. Um, I think there is a place for a biblical prosperity message that is nuanced, that puts the priority where it belongs, the priority on um, you know, following Christ in the world, dedicating yourself to his life and mission, and finding welfare and uh, wholeness and prosperity of life in that direction, um, uh, discovering you know, the great rewards that comes from pouring out your life for others. That life flourishes and prospers if it's open to others. Um, all of this, I think, uh, can give us a very biblical prosperity message. We can't cheapen it to, you know, my means of getting a bigger piece of the pie, my means of simply building my own little garden of life that I enjoy. If it, if it gets distorted, and reduced to that, then I think we're in trouble. So I would like to open up a conversation about this that would be global and that would strive together towards a genuinely biblical prosperity message. I think there's a need for that.